You are listening to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Sevierville, where our mission is helping people move from their point of need to hope in Christ. For more information about our church, head on over to severe.church. Today's sermon, Bear With One Another, is part three in the series Community, shared by Senior Pastor Dan Spencer. Well, thanks so much, uh, Pastor Corwin. Thank you uh, to our band. Thank you, Nick, and, and everyone today. Uh, and I, I'm grateful that you're here today. At this time in our service, it's my privilege and my duty uh, to open up God's Word with you. And, and let's look together today in Ephesians chapter 4. This month, we've been talking about community and uh, how, how we go about building the gospel relationships that form that community around us that every Christian needs if we're going to thrive and to uh, grow and fulfill our potential in Christ. We all need that. The way it works in the family of God is that we need each other. We need each other. We need to encourage each other when we're down. Uh, we need to prop up one another when we're weak. Uh, we need to pray for one another when we're in trouble or when we're in need. And uh, that's just what Christians do for one another. And it's not always easy, right? Dealing with people, loving people, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. Uh, now, for some here, I know you've had a bad experience in getting close to a group of Christians and, and you ended up uh, hurt. And, and I know it's tempting to just withdraw and to close yourself off and not risk getting close to people anymore. But listen, the Bible teaches us that the Christian life is not meant to be lived out in isolation, but rather in community with other believers. That's the way God has designed it, and that's the only way ultimately it will work. I know it's tempting to withdraw and to just shut yourself off, but we need one another. I was thinking about how uh, at my house... I claimed the bonus room over the garage. It's not even 200 square feet, but uh, that's my man cave. Any of you guys feel me on that? That's my place. That's the bat cave up there. And it's where I go to watch sports because Teresa does not care about that. It's where I go uh, to give my wife a break from me. Can any of you wives say amen to that? She needs a break from me. That's where I go to do that. And then the best part is that's where I go uh, to have my quiet time with God in the mornings. And I got to tell you, it's awesome up there in the mornings. There's a chair, a certain chair I sit in. Uh, there's, I've got my Bible right there. I've got my journal and a cup of coffee. It's just me and Jesus. And it's awesome up there in the mornings. And I've thought before uh, after reading my Bible, having some prayer time, uh, that being a godly man would be so easy if I could just stay up in that man cave all day long, just me and Jesus. It's great up there. Uh, it's easy to be godly up there. It's, it's easy to be patient up there. It's easy to be sweet and kind up there. I get along with everybody up there. It's just me and Jesus. And yet, I know I can't stay up there. 
I have to go downstairs and be a godly husband to my wife. I have to go out of my house and be a good neighbor. And then Jesus calls me to give my life to what he gave his life for, and that is the church. And, and he calls me to come down out of that place of isolation and immerse myself in a community of other Christians in the church to interact and to get involved in life and to partner with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what he calls me to. I know I need it. I, I know that is what he has for us as believers, but I also know what a challenge it can be. Can anybody relate to that besides me today? I know what a challenge it can be. And so I'm glad that God has equipped us with tools to be a blessing to each other and to overcome the difficulties that happen in interpersonal relationships and to build that sense of community that we all need. And what God has given us in His Word to build that with is uh, the one another's of the New Testament. There are 59 different commands that we are given in the New Testament that are addressed to one another. In other words, these are things that we are told to do for one another or to one another, or in some cases, don't do these things to one another. And it's referring to our brothers and sisters here in the body of Christ. And uh, so in the last two Sundays, we're focusing on five of those one another's this month. And in the past two Sundays, we've talked about loving one another and serving one another. Next week, we'll look at showing hospitality to one another. And then we'll end the month with exhorting one another. But today, uh, we're going to look at bearing with one another. What does it mean to bear with one another? Uh, I find this in Ephesians chapter 4. And let's read the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church there at Ephesus, and here's what he says. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And what does that mean? Well, Paul is talking about what he has just unpacked in the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. And what he is saying in the first three chapters in a beautiful way is, look, as a Christian, here's how you were called to salvation. Uh, God called you out of the world by His grace, not because of any good work you had done, but because of His love and His grace at work in your life. And He has called you out of that lifestyle of living in sin, living for yourself, and He's called you into relationship, not only with Him, but also with His church. And so He says, look, think about the calling that you've received from the Lord, how he saved you. And, and Paul is saying here in verse 1, now walk worthy of that calling. In other words, think about all he's done for you and how he saved you and how he loves you. And now you're called to walk that out every day, to live that way in the way that you interact with other people. And here's how we do it in verse 2. He says, with all lowliness. That's humility and gentleness with long-suffering. Love that word. It basically means patience with long-suffering. And here's our one another 
bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I'm learning this. I want you to learn it with me today. Uh, Three understandings about bearing with one another in love. Okay? Let's look at how we do this. Here's the first thing. Bearing with one another, that's mentioned there in verse 2, is the Christian response when a brother or sister in Christ is being difficult. This is our response when a brother or sister in Christ is being difficult. Because here's the thing. When you get close to a group of Christians in any church, someone in that group eventually is going to be difficult to love. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody's not going to be a blessing to you in that group. Somebody, if you get close to a group of Christians in any church, somebody in that group is going to get on your nerves. Somebody is going to disappoint you. Somebody's going to say something that will baffle you or or, uh, offend you. Someone is going to have the gift of wear out. Does anybody know what I mean by that? They would just wear you out. Somebody in that group is going to wound you and they won't even know it. We have a word for that in the English language. It's the word unbearable. Unbearable. When people are unbearable, verse 2 here says we need to bear with one another in love. Uh, some, sometimes we all are unbearable. Uh, you know that there's that person in your life that when you see them coming, you think, here we go. Lord, give me grace. Uh, in fact, you probably came to someone's mind just then. And so did I. All of us can be unbearable at times. And Uh, to explain that, can I have a little fun with that today? Since we're known for bears around here and we're talking about what it means to bear with one another, uh, sometimes uh, you can be a grizzly bear. A grizzly bear is grumpy, irritable, walking around with a chip on your shoulder. You bust out of your cave looking for a fight every day. Sometimes We can be like a grizzly bear. Other times we can be like a black bear. Uh, A black bear, you've seen them around. They always meddle in other people's stuff. They get in people's garbage and spread it around and just walk away. And they stick their nose where it doesn't belong. Black bears are always causing a scene. Sometimes we can be like a black bear. Other times we can be like a polar bear. Cold. Just cold and alone. Uh, And then sometimes we can be like a koala bear. I know it's not a real bear, it's a marsupial, but bear with me. A koala bear. Ever noticed every every picture you see of a koala bear, somebody's holding it? That's because koala bears are clingy and needy. And we all have a friend like that. Uh, Sometimes we can be like a panda bear. A panda bear, pandas make me nervous. They're too chilled out. Pandas are easygoing. They just hang out, filling up their bellies, doing nothing. 
I, I picture a panda bear kind of person who wears Birkenstocks and grows a beard and says, bruh, a lot. And did you know scientists have studied pandas in the wild and they don't know how they survive. They really don't. We all have a friend like that, that we look at them and say, how do you even keep a job? You don't do anything. And, and we can all be like a panda bear. We can all be unbearable, like in any of those ways. And the question is, how do we respond to each other when we're being unbearable? Verse 1 makes the point here that in light of the calling with which we are called, we don't respond to each other like the world responds when people are unbearable. The world responds in this way. They will cancel somebody who's unbearable. We don't cancel people in the family of God. We don't avoid people who are being difficult and unbearable. We don't retaliate when people are being unbearable. What do we do? Verse 2 says we're called to bear with them. So what does it mean exactly to bear with another person in love? Well, the, the uh, word that's translated bear with in the original language means uh, to, to literally hold yourself upright against something else. I, I think of a stake driven down uh, next to a, a new, newly planted tree or a tomato plant that, that is, is their strength and holds it straight while it grows. In that same way, the idea here in this verse is to, is to uh, get close to someone and, and be up next to them, standing erect and, and straight next to that person in spite of how they're behaving. It's the idea of, of patiently, continually remaining with someone in spite of what they do. It's taking responsibility in a way for that brother or sister in Christ while they're being difficult. And the point is that, that we don't give up on one another in the family of God when we're unbearable. We bear with one another. The second understanding is this. Bearing with one another is more than simply enduring someone. It, it goes beyond that. It's standing supportively with someone long enough to see them through to victory. And, and that victory in their life uh, may be breaking through to spiritual growth and, uh, or, or maybe reaching a place where they're repenting of their sin or, or taking a step of faith or greater maturity. We don't walk out on one another when someone's being difficult. We, we stand with them and support them while God is working on them. And we stay there long enough to see that spiritual breakthrough. Now to do that, uh, you have to look, listen to this, you have to look beyond that person's present difficulty and the way they're being unbearable, and you have to look beyond that to see what God can do in their life. And you stand there with them while God works on them to give them strength. And isn't that what God has done for us? He looked beyond our sin. He looked past all our mistakes. And God, in His, in His holy vision 
saw what we could become with his touch on our lives. And so we respond to that by being there for others and standing with them while God works on them. Now, that does not mean that I have to approve of their bad behavior. It does not mean that I I make excuses for their sin. It doesn't even mean that I have to stand there indefinitely and absorb their abuse. It just means I don't walk away from them and leave them without support. In the body of Christ, we're there for each other. We bear with one another. Verse 2 says that if you're going to bear with one another, look at this, it's going to require your lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering. So that means that if we're going to bear with someone, uh, we can't be arrogant about it because we know what we were like when we were unbearable and when we were lost in our sin. And so we don't do it arrogantly. Uh, We do it with gentleness. That that is, we're not harsh with that person. We're not going to get anywhere being harsh. And we're not impatient with them, but we're long-suffering with them. In other words, to bear with someone in love when they're being unbearable requires Christ-like love. Verse 2 says, bearing with one another in love. The great chapter that defines the love of God is 1 Corinthians 13. One of the statements there defining His love is that love bears all things. You can bear a lot when you've received the love of Jesus and you're giving that to someone else and you're standing with them while He works in their life. By the way, you can't bear with someone from a safe distance, right? You've got to be with them if you're going to bear with them. And and we can be too busy to bear with someone. It takes time. But it's worth it when we see God break through in their life and we see them uh, win a victory in Christ and begin to grow in their faith. So the third understanding is this. Bearing with one another is an essential attitude for keeping the unity in community. Uh, Now, this is what verse 3 talks about. It says, endeavoring, that is with all your strength, striving for this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If we're going to maintain unity in the family of God, Listen, we've got to have that attitude that I'm going to bear with you and you can count on me to stand with you while the Lord is working on this part of your life. Even if you're being unbearable, you can count on me. That is, uh, that is where unity comes from. So uh, let's talk about when this needs to happen. When do we need to bear with one another? Well, we need to do that, uh, first of all, when we are still learning. You know, the the Christian life is not a leap from lostness directly into spiritual maturity. It's a process. And and we we learn and we grow and we're sanctified progressively step by step. So we need to to show this kind of uh, forbearing love to one another when we're just still learning. We need somebody to bear with us when our faith is not fully developed. 
And when we do foolish things out of spiritual immaturity. Uh, Now, Jesus is the perfect example of bearing with someone like that. Uh, Do you remember two of his disciples, two of his first disciples were James and John. They were brothers. And James and John, uh, at the beginning, were were rash and immature. And uh, they said things like, Jesus, let's call down fire on this village that has just rejected you. And uh, let us sit on your right and on your left when you rule in your kingdom. And they're the ones that, that were arguing about who's the greatest among the disciples. It was just immaturity talking. And what did Jesus do with that? Well, he didn't cancel them as disciples. He didn't kick them out of the group. He didn't give up on them. What did he do? He pulled them closer when they were being immature. He pulled them closer into his inner circle of disciples. And and he kept teaching them. And he stuck with them until they became leaders. Uh, Another time that we need to bear with one another in love is when wounds are fresh and emotions are raw. Uh, Sometimes, because of grief or hurt or exhaustion, we say things out of frustration. Uh, We don't filter our raw emotions and we just say things that we wish we could take back, things that are hurtful. And when someone's being that way, that's, that's when we need to bear with them. Jesus, again, is the perfect example of bearing with someone when wounds are fresh and emotions are raw. Remember when Jesus' friend Lazarus died? And Jesus came to his sisters, Mary and Martha. And both of them said the same thing. They said, Jesus, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And I don't know how you read that, but... But to me, that could be painful to hear because it was one way of saying, Jesus, you messed up here. You didn't show up for us. You failed us. You could have saved him, but you weren't here. That would be painful to hear. Raw emotion, hurt talking. What did Jesus do? Well, he didn't walk away angry. He didn't even correct them. Instead, here's what we see him doing. Jesus stayed there and he cried with them in their grief. He cried with them. A third time that we need to bear with one another is when we disappoint each other. Sometimes we do awful things and hurtful things to each other. Sometimes we... We do things that we regret, like breaking a promise or throwing somebody under the bus, spreading a lie. That's when we need to be there for each other. Jesus is the perfect example of bearing with that. Remember on the night Jesus was arrested, Peter, the disciple who bragged that he was going to be the last man standing, He would be the friend that would never leave Jesus' side. And and yet, when it came down 
to when it really counted, Peter denied that he even knew who Jesus was. But here's what we see Jesus doing. Even though Peter denied Jesus, Jesus didn't deny Peter. Instead, after his resurrection, Jesus took the time to meet with Peter one-on-one and restore the relationship. And, And he made Peter a leader among the rest. Uh, one last way that we, uh, we need to really bear with one another is when we're being ridiculous. I mean that seriously. When we're being ridiculous. All of us have the potential from time to time to just be ridiculous. To be irritable for no good reason. Uh, to obsess over some fear that doesn't make sense, to shut people out when we ought to invite them in. Uh, Like Pastor Keith says, uh, when we give a level 10 reaction to a level 2 problem, we can all be ridiculous. And when we're being ridiculous, that's when we need one another to come around us and to just bear with us in love. And, And again, Jesus is the perfect example of that. Uh, remember in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee. And, and when they got in the boat, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Let us go to the other side. How many of you know that when Jesus says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. No matter what happens between this shore and that shore, you're going to the other side. And yet when a storm arose and the ship was being tossed around, the disciples lost it. They were so afraid. And meanwhile, Jesus is at peace taking a nap on a pillow. And so they went and woke him up and they said the most ridiculous thing. Listen to what they said. The disciples said, Jesus, don't you care? What kind of question is that? Of course he cares. He cares in in a greater way than you could comprehend. But they woke him up. Jesus, don't you care? What a ridiculous question. But what did Jesus do? Did he vanish and just let them drown because of their little faith? No. He got up. He calmly told the storm to quit storming. And he taught them a lesson about faith that they would never forget. And he built their faith in that moment. Bearing with one another. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says that's the way we build unity. And we all need someone to be around us that we can count on to bear with us. Now, let me just be honest. My problem is that if I'm being ridiculous or if I'm being immature or if I disappoint, I want you always to bear with me. I want you to always be super patient with me and super tolerant with me and super gracious with me. But then when it's you being ridiculous and unbearable, I've got to think about it. Right? Listen, that should not be so. We ought to have the heart of Jesus that when someone's being unbearable, we can look past it and see what God can do And how God can work in their life. 
and we ought to come up close to them and be with them so we can bear with them through until God breaks through in their life. And I'm telling you, those who are outside the church need to see us bearing with one another and giving lots of grace and lots of patience and lots of Christ-like love because we live in a world that has its own set of one another's. In the world, the one another's are, hey, take advantage of one another. Blame one another. Manipulate one another. Cancel one another. Get even with one another. But when the world looks at us, they ought to see a different way of life where we are all surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus and in Him and under His Lordship, we bear with one another and and we create one another love out of a lot of one another brokenness. And I believe when the world sees that, they want to know, how is that possible? And so bearing with one another becomes our witness to the world around us. Now, there comes a time when you've got to call out the sin and point out the issue and help somebody to repentance and to teach them the right way. But at first, we're talking about that the last Sunday of the month, exhort one another. But at first, we need to bear with one another. I believe when we bear with one another in love, that person that we are there for in a hard time, a difficult time, will listen when we have something to teach them. I think for a lot of us, we probably today thought about our families at home. What would it be like if you decided, Lord, I'm going to trust you to help me to bear with my spouse when they're being unbearable. I, wanna, I want you to help me, Lord, to bear with my kids when they won't listen. And to look beyond all the other and to see what you can do in their life. Teach me to bear with my family. What would our families look like if we did that? And then, what about our church and your group of friends, maybe the people you're sitting around right now, what would it look like if we stopped canceling people and we extend grace and we decide you can count on me because I'm going to bear with you no matter what? Let's stand together and I want us to have a time of, of prayer and commitment today. Would you stand with me quietly and, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I, I want to thank you for your love and how you bear with us while we were still sinners Christ died for us thank you Lord Jesus for looking beyond all the sin all the rebellion all of our mistakes and seeing what we could become with your touch on our lives Lord I pray that if there's someone here today who has never before repented of their sins, and placed their faith in Jesus, that today would be the day that happens. That they would call on Jesus for salvation and their life would be changed. Lord, for those of us who are, 
who've already entered that relationship with Christ. Oh God, our prayer today is that we wouldn't be unbearable, but we would be the people that could be counted on to bear with others in their weaknesses, to be forgiving and patient and loving. Teach us, Lord, to bear with one another. May the world around us see that and know that we belong to you. May our love for one another become our witness to the world. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you look this way? Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share. And if you want a pastor to follow up with you regarding today's message, reach out to us at severe.church slash follow up. Thanks again for joining us on the First Baptist Church Severeville podcast.